Hello and welcome to a special bonus edition of the Not The Top 20 podcast. Can you be both special and a bonus edition? Well, I think we can make an allowance for this episode. It's an interview with a real pod favourite from this season. It's an interview with the EFL's Young Player of the Month for August, Johnny Rowe. And it had to be him, didn't it? Norwich City's newest star who scored in all four league games in the month of August as well as in the Carabao Cup the winning goal at Loftus Road against QPR we've spoken about him possibly more than any other player in the month of August on the podcast so to be able to actually chat to the man himself to get to know him his background and chat football with him has been an absolute pleasure enjoy this special bonus pod super exciting to be chatting with the EFL's Young Player of the Month for August. Um, but before we start talking football, it's important for us to get people's names right and to call them the names that they want to be called. So is it Jonathan? Is it John? Is it Johnny? Either one, you know. I'm I'm not really too fussed about what people call me, as long as it's either one of the three. Okay, that's not that helpful. However, we will go with John. Um, <laughs> I'm with John Rowe. He's the EFL's Young Player of the Month for August. Uh, how does it feel to win an award like this so early in the season? Yeah, it just goes to show that, you know, when you put in the work behind the scenes, then you can uh, reap the rewards. And uh, I guess that's what I'm doing right now. And uh, especially doing that at a young age, it's, it's a good motivation for the future, you know, just to keep continuing on and seeing where, you can, where your potential can take you. It must be amazing to start feeling the, the fruits of the labour and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but particularly in your context, John, such a tough time with injury last season. Talk us through those those months uh, behind the scenes, uh, the mentality you had to to keep working. Yeah, uh, wow, where do I even start? It was, I had three different injuries last season. The way it happened, like, it was just, it felt like I was in a, like a nightmare. The first one was a stress fracture. During the off-season, um, obviously on the back of the the 2021 season, I was obviously excited because I got a few minutes um, in the Prem and I was just, you know, ready to really make my breakthrough season. So I kind of um, went a bit too hard, if that makes sense, without resting. So I kind of was a bit immature with that and I didn't really look after my body as much and didn't listen to it. So um, I've learned that literally the day before the first game of the season, last season, um, my shin just started acting up and it felt that bad. So I got a scan and then showed that some broken um, bone. So that, that took a while to come back. Didn't need surgery, thankfully. So that took about three months, four months. Took me to like Christmas times. And then obviously we had the World Cup. We had like a little tour out in Tampa. And that's when I was aiming to come back for. So I went out with the team, obviously worked hard to come back and I was ready Went to Tampa, had a first session, went all smooth. Then the second session back towards the end in the small-sided games, the pitch wasn't the greatest, so that didn't help. But when I landed after jumping, my left ankle just, I just heard a snap. And I didn't know, like, obviously I've never broken my leg before, so I was a bit confused. I was thinking, was that really a snap? And then I thought I was fine, and then the physio came over, kind of assessed me. I tried to stand up, and I just dropped back down. And then I realised, yeah, this is this is a bit more serious than I thought. And that's when I was probably at rock bottom because I worked so hard to come back. And then it just hit me straight back down. And especially I was all the way on the other side of the world. So mm. I had to finish off the whole tour, 
got a scan out there, found out, snapped my ligament in my ankle. That was probably the toughest moment for me during my whole injury season. Obviously, during that moment, could have probably gone two ways. Could have probably just said, you know what, it's a sign, like, I should stop kicking more, I should stop, like, trying to come back and da-da-da. But something else was just telling me, you know, i got to, like, i got to realise my potential, get tested sometimes, you know. So I felt like this was kind of like a trial. So I just made the decisions, you know, to just get myself back on my feet and uh, work towards coming back. So cool. Um, came back, had surgery. The recovery stage was back on, uh, rehab process back on. Um, now coming, uh, yeah, I started uh, getting closer to my return around Feb. Um, it was kind of a quick recovery. Um, and then during one of the, I think I came back for a 21s game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21s game and then I scored in the first game. So I was happy. I was like, oh my God, all, all of that work. All of them decisions, mental toughness that I had to, you know, develop. Um, at 19, it was it was tough, man. But yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I finally got rewarded. Then I played a number one just to get my fitness back up before I joined the first team again. And then I pulled my hamstring. So, yeah, my after that, I was just like, can't be serious. But luckily, fortunately, it wasn't um too bad. So I ended up only been out for a few weeks and then yeah it came back towards the end of the season um obviously it was a bit team wasn't as good towards the end of the season but um yeah mentally it was tough man but I overcame it and I knew there was always a light at the end of the tunnel man obviously I'm a I'm big on faith as well I'm Christian so obviously believing in God that I'm gonna come out right you know if I go through all these uh, Charles. Well, it's it's inspirational to listen to. Uh, I'm sure, no doubt, for fellow professional footballers, but I think for anyone uh, in terms of things that you come up against and tests that you have uh, and the way that you uh, tackle those, it, it says a lot about your mentality and, and I guess your support network as well. And, and now we can talk about fun things like scoring goals, like winning football matches, like doing what you do best. What if I say previous winners of the EFL Young Player of a Month award include Jude Bellingham, James Madison, Tammy Abraham, Delhi, Michael Elise, Alex Scott, just to name a few. Uh, you're now in a in pretty good company there. Yeah, like um, yeah, I'm, uh, obviously I'm 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 happy that I've won the reward, but I'd probably classify myself as an ambitious guy, so uh, I'd, I'm striving for even more, and um, you know I'm not really being content with just this award but obviously I'm still grateful but I've just got to keep on working man and just seeing where I can go and then we'll see at the end of the season what happens let's just talk through the month of August because look it's it's a team game and the team performances were fantastic straight out the gate so much exciting attacking football but your personal performance is the reason for the award so can we talk about a left foot worldie on opening day against Hull City with a header from a corner against Southampton, a header from a cross against QPR, a little right-footed precision finish from the left side of the box into the far corner, and then a, a poacher's finish uh, as well against Huddersfield, like a kind of number nine type run and finish at the near post. I mean, what an unbelievable array of goals to score in, in one calendar month. Yeah, like, I look back at them sometimes and I just think, like, 
oh, that really happened, you know? <laughs> like, that was really me, but, you know, like, I'm, like, I, without sounding too vain, I, I kind of always knew my ability. I always knew that if I put in a hard work, that I can always, you know, be in the right positions, you know, gamble sometimes and, you know, always got to believe that something good is always going to happen, you know? And um, you just got to make sure in the right places, try not to think too much. I think when you think too much, that's when you mess up the chances. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like I've just taken the opportunities when it's come. Um, confidence has a big part to play in that. And, uh, yeah, I managed to, fortunately, execute it. <laughs> I was well. going to say, that there, there is, you know, the mentality probably underpins everything but there's a technical aspect to these goals as well mate not not everyone scores with their weaker foot supposedly weaker foot from 25 yards into the top corner at speed uh not every wide player is is scoring headers do you know what i mean so that there's there's a technical aspect to your game as well that you know you're talking more about the mentality side but let's not let's not sleep on on you know how you can how how well you've developed in order to be able to execute these at high speed at a really good level in in the championship yeah, no, I'm, that's just me, man. Literally, that's just that's what I do. That's what I do, man. I like it. Um, explain how you see yourself as a player. Like we like talking about tactics on the podcast, so I'd be interested to ask about your role in in the team. You know, it, it strikes me that uh, you've got quite a fluid position, and a lot of the things that we've seen you do in August that have been really dangerous and difficult for opposition defenses starting from a from a wide position but actually making like an out to in run um dangerous kind of runs that are tough to defenders to pick up and then picking up positions to score goals rather than maybe being a wide player that's stuck out on the wing dribbling getting to the byline and, and putting in crosses it, is that a role that david wagner has built for you or is that just your natural game is that how you'd say you thrive most as a player i feel like we have a tactical like um setup made for to give us just an idea of how to play it and then obviously it's up, up to us footballers to you know produce it on the pitch and uh figure it out basically solve the problem if there's any problems um that the opposition give us but um i'd say i'm i like to make i like to be unpredictable yeah so mm-hmm. i feel like them out to end runs you're talking about you gotta mix it up. You gotta keep the defender on his toes, guessing, making sure that he doesn't know that okay, he's always gonna get the water feet and start dribbling. But I feel like the fact that I got the gift to do both, running behind, get the water feet, dribble, keep the ball, um, switch it up. You know, I feel like that really allows me to thrive as I'm doing now. So, mm-hmm. and even getting in the pockets, I think it's just. To me, it seems like just football, you know? I don't really look at it from a tactical yep. side of view. I just look at it as that, that is just good football, you know? And I feel like people that know football will understand that, you know, like it's, it, it should be normal. That should be normalised, being unpredictable. Mm. Can you talk to me about how the how the way the manager spoke to you in pre-season and leading up to the start of the season made you feel? Because, again, f- from the outside looking in, um, the, the summer is a, an opportunity for clubs to buy players uh, and particularly over the summer Norwich were active in the transfer market and they, they were looking to improve the squad in all areas and so uh, for someone like yourself who has been out through injury who hasn't had a consistent run of games yet as a, as a senior player in the first team you know that there must be concerns or doubts that 
maybe the club will look to uh, sign a player in your position and maybe kind of block your own pathway. But clearly that's not been the case um, started every game so far this season. So at, at what point in the summer did you know the manager believes in me as much as I believe in myself? You know, it is. I, I kind of knew the manager believed in me before the season even started, from last season even. From the conversations we had um, from when I first met him, actually, um, he kind of told me about myself and I was like, OK, he's, he's done his research and, you know, he's really shown that he has faith in me, you know, and uh, it's just up to me to, you know, show that I'm still that player, you know, because he met me when I was injured. So it was up to me to come back and show him. And um, towards the end of the season, we had a really um, proper one-to-one conversation Um about having a clean slate for everyone um, going into the new season. So pre-season would be a time to kind of earn the shirt, you know? So obviously I'm a competitive guy, so I took that as a challenge and, you know, I just did my thing in pre-season and uh, made sure I got that shirt. Listen to the pod, will be keen to, to get to know you before we let you go. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your background? It, it, you've been at... Norwich City from quite a young age. Um, where are you from, and and how did you end up at Norwich City? So obviously grew up in Wembley, London. Yeah, went to school local. Some good players from from that neck of the woods. Raheem yeah, Sterling like probably the of, headliner, but plenty. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good talent in my area. Some go unnoticed, some go noticed. Um, hmm. I'm one of the people to be noticed right now. And getting how did you get noticed by by the Norwich City Academy scouts? Oh, there was one, there was a scout at my school, um, at my primary school, and he uh, obviously sent me to a local Sunday league team, and then from there he sent me to Norwich, and then, yeah, I've just been here ever since. Obviously, I didn't know much about football at the time, so I just, you know, got promised more football, so I just, mm-hmm. went of whatever was, was there at the time, so, yeah, that was really my pathway. Um, I did, I went to a private boarding school for a bit, though, in Norwich, as part of, like, some scholarship programme. But um, mm-hmm. I ended up coming down to London um, for the rest of the last two years of school. Um, and then, yeah, um, came back up, scholarship, and then made my way into the first team gradually. Well, it's a, it's a fantastic journey. Um, we played a clip from your post-match interview. I think it was it must have been after the first day of the season against Hull City and you're just absolutely buzzing, just joy and confidence exuding from you in that interview. And it was it was such a, a pleasure to watch. Um you you appear to be someone that's very comfortable just being yourself. Um and and I think people love seeing true character rather than feeling maybe like players who sometimes understandably maybe hide behind a bit of media training or, or don't want to sort of show their true selves for whatever reason. So that was an interview that everyone loved. Is is that the way that you in, intend to continue being yourself, even as your uh, even as your profile grows? Yeah, I think that's just I think it's just where I've come from as well, like my background as well. Um I think just my family as well, just everyone's just not afraid to be themselves, you know, not afraid to show people who you are, you know, not afraid to back down from anything and stand up was was right. So um yeah, I think that's what to do with my background, how I've been raised. Um and yeah man, mum's done a good job. So yeah, it's got <laughs> to do myself. Certainly has, mate. Certainly has. Well, um August was the month of John Rose scoring league goals and cup goals. 
Uh, the first game in September, you got an assist. So maybe this is going to be the month of the assists. Just mix it up a little bit. Keep everyone guessing. Um, last question. Very strange, but very important for myself and the listeners of our podcast. Do you know the song Jai Ho from the film Slumdog Millionaire? Jai Ho? Nah, I don't. I don't, you know, I'll be honest. Okay, okay. Well, I'll say no more, but stick it on after the interview. You will realise that your name, John Rowe, scans perfectly for it. And once you've started <laughs> singing your name to that song, you won't stop for weeks. So <laughs> apologies in advance, just to warn you. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. Cheers. It's been great fun talking to you and congratulations on the award. Thank you very much, bro.